Welcome to the Transform Sales Podcast, where forward-thinking business leaders come to share their experiences and ideas, learn from each other, and amplify their results together. All right, Marco, we are live. Everyone, how are we doing today in this beautiful afternoon? I am with Marco Basile from Renegade Closers. Marco, how are you doing today? Doing great. Uh, doing great, Dad. Thanks for having me today. Awesome. One of the first questions that I like to start with to break the ice a little bit and give the audience some some context as to how you came into this industry is to ask around your background. Can you tell us a little bit about how you broke into sales outsourcing? Yeah, no, for sure. So like, uh, you know, um, before sales outsourcing, uh, I was actually a closer, right? I was actually a setter and a closer. And before that, uh, I've been an agency owner for, uh, you know, uh, twice in a row. I was actually an agency owner. Uh, for you know, selling Facebook advertising to SaaS companies. Uh, and I did the same thing, uh, selling zero to e-commerce companies. Uh, but I was getting tired uh, of you know doing all this work, uh, uh, all these uh, fulfillment uh, for these specific industries. Uh, and eventually, that's how I got into sales. You know, I got into sales as a setter and a closer for multiple offers. Uh, and uh, I quickly realized that there was something missing in the industry. There was like an imbalance between uh, the business owners and the closers, and we wanted to fix this issue. Or I wanted to fix this issue for the closer uh, to be eventually able uh, to place the you know great closers, top closers on great offers. You know, which includes like coaching, consulting, uh, and B two B. So um, that's really how you know I broke into the you know into the sourcing industry. And and yeah, I mean that's actually like a very brief overview. Okay, it sounds like most sales stories, you grew up through the trenches, doing sales, setting appointments, closing appointments. You saw some opportunities in the market, uh, specifically you mentioned in the terms of closing rather than setting the appointments. And that's how you started um, working with your agency now. Um, you did mention also some of your best customers, which was going to be my next question. Who are the best fit customers for Renegade Closers? You mentioned something around coaching. Can you double click on that for me a little bit? No, absolutely. So like uh, most of our closers that we have on board right now have a very deep experience with coaching, like selling any kind of coaching offers that would be like real estate, uh, would be like uh, executive coaching, uh, business coaching, uh, um, you know, YouTube coaching, uh, anything that you can think of that they have experience in uh, and they're really good at it. Uh, um, so like most of our customers, they would be like uh, coaching, uh, consulting, uh, experts, creators, this kind of niche. But eventually, we're actually working and improving our systems to break into the SaaS industry because we actually see a need, uh, or, you know, SaaS or B2B companies, uh, because we see a need over there. Like these companies uh, uh, hardly are able to handle objections uh, properly, and uh, they're not really able to use a framework that helps them to connect with the prospect at a deeper level and eventually customize the solution to, you know, to their exact needs, you know, uh, very big, you know, very common issues in the industry include uh, lack of, uh, you know, uh, objection handling, uh, which they should be handled upfront, uh, not at the end of the call, uh, trying to chase in the lead uh, or trying to chase in the prospect. Uh, not being able to connect with the prospect, so like not being able to not, to ask the right questions that actually help the you know help the closer or like the founder, whatever is taking whomever is taking the call uh, to actually understand the situation, the problem, and eventually craft uh, you know a custom solution. And the the last thing, uh, which is uh, you know very very important as well, uh, 
is to customize the pitch. So like uh, I see all the time, uh, you know, there are these coaches and founders, they are so passionate about their product or their service, uh, whatever they're selling. Uh, but eventually when they get to the, to the end of the call, uh, they pitch the same thing over and over again. You know, that's actually, you know, that's actually something that I've seen uh, doing, uh, even in the SaaS industry, uh, pretty much the same common issues that just selling a different solution. Uh, and that's how, you know, we're actually working on it uh, because, you know, we can actually bring a ton of value to that industry as well, instead of actually running, uh, you know, the same demo, you know, the same pitch deck uh, every time. All right. Now, this is interesting, Marco, because this service is slightly different than the ones I typically review, which are for appointment setting. In your case, you are sharing how your service is for closing and therefore your best fit customers are those that are struggling. They have pipeline. They are booking meetings, but they're just not converting enough of those opportunities. They're burning out those leads, basically. Um, and you mentioned, hey, if your closing game is not on point in the sense of handling the objections, um, managing the relationship with the prospect, guiding them through the next steps and their buyer's journey to ultimately close with you, that's where your services become a better fit. And I really want to unpack a little bit more uh, on this topic. So how about we jump into maybe a, a success story? Maybe you can share a little bit about what specifically it entails your service around closing deals for your clients yeah for sure so i will actually give you first a brief overview of uh, the service how it works uh, and uh, you know who is it uh, for uh, and then i will share you know a few success stories uh. um so like uh, closing is different from setting in the sense that uh, we are they are complementary services okay so like setting uh, is going out there uh, and booking appointments on, uh, you know, the client calendar. We actually, you know, start from that exact point, um, sorry, moment in time. All right. So we actually jump uh, on sales calls or even on discovery calls uh, and we close the deal. So we actually, we bring the prospect from, uh, you know, let's say interested to working together with the client. All right. And, uh, you know, we do that with a series of frameworks, uh, like I shared that, you know, I shared that um, a brief overview, you, you know, uh, a few minutes earlier. But pretty much, uh, depending on, uh, you know, on the service, uh, we do have, uh, we can have like a one call close, you know, below 10K, this is very possible, you know. Uh, of course, you gotta have a great closer, but that's all we're all about. Or you can have a two call close, you know, which is pretty much a discovery call and a sales call. And of course, when you have like big B2B deals, like 30, 50 or 70K or higher, uh, of course, you gotta have, you're going to have uh, like a longer sales process, you know, like one, two, three, um, you know, meetings? call close, you know? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, there definitely can be longer sales cycles that require multiple meetings and you can take care of all of those. So you were saying at the beginning, you come in um, when the first meeting from your buyer's prospects, when as soon as they said the first meeting to talk to sales, that's when your team comes in, takes over the relationship until it's closed, regardless of the follow-up required in between. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. I mean, of course, you know, that depends on uh, the requirement. There are companies out there uh, that have an SDR or that have some kind of setter uh, that takes a discovery call, uh, and then we will come in uh, on the sales call. And, but that, if that's not the case, then of course we start uh, from the setting call, so from the discovery call, uh, all the way to the close. So, you know, discovery call, sales call, uh, 
And then if needed, like a follow-up call, uh, you know, email follow-ups and all that stuff. The point is uh, these are not your typical uh, salespeople in the sense that uh, they are all uh, working on commission. You know, that's why we bet people, uh, you know, we bet clients so hard uh, in order to understand if they're able to actually, um, you know, fulfill, deliver, uh, but especially if they have the right metrics in place, because that's really important uh, for a closer. Otherwise, if there are no calls, uh, how can he really make money? You know, there is no way for him to do so. Um, but, you know, what I was saying is that these people are, are working on performance. Therefore, uh, they're going to do anything they can uh, in an ethical way, you know, with integrity um, to close the deal, uh, keep the prospect accountable to his own, uh, you know, goals, uh, and eventually, you know, like uh, making sure that everything is all right and making sure... Uh, that he is the right prospect, you know, like something that it must be done. Uh, and that, you know, I see most people not doing today is that not only maybe they don't qualify the prospect enough, but they mm -hmm. don't disqualify the prospect either. You know, they don't disqualify the prospect. All right. So like uh, they just uh, let the prospect discount their value as a founder, as an offer owner, as a, you know, I don't know, a CMO, uh, head of sales, whatever it is. Uh, uh, they just, you know, they are not able to disqualify. They don't want to disqualify the prospect uh, to make him uh, not feel bad, uh, you know, for whatever reason. Uh, but it's actually the best way to show that you have uh, value, a value and authority in the market uh, and that you are actually, you know, worth talking to. You know, I was actually, right. you know, I was actually talking uh, and I will be brief here. Uh, I was actually talking yesterday with a prospect uh, and, and yeah, I mean, it he, he, he was really... Hammering on the fact of like lowering our setup fee, but eventually, uh, if you say yes, uh, maybe I mean that could work, uh, but most of the time, uh, from my experience and even from our closer closer's experience, uh, that is not going to work because that that buyer, that potential buyer, is going to disqualify you know your services, you know, like your value. So um, that's really important, you know, like making sure uh, that the prospect disqualify. And even disqualifying him, you know, like so saying that uh, at some point in time, uh, uh, you have the prospect saying, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like this, uh, you know, this is a good uh, opportunity for me. Why do you say that? You know, like, why, why don't you jump on this call today? I mean, why do you think that this is going to work uh, for you? You know, like you let him sell, sell himself uh, on, on the offer. You know, so yeah, that is actually that was actually very very brief, but I hope it makes sense. Okay, now I love I love that you mentioned the the two sides of the coin. That is the qualification. We all hear about qualification frameworks, qualification criteria, band, medic, and a few others. Uh, but it's just as important to disqualify, right? So you can help with that uh, part of qualifying or disqualifying. But ideally, there should be some motions in place uh, because you you arrive at the first meeting that is set and then can take over. One of the things that I wanted to ask you was also uh, around the target market for these uh, conversions. So you did mention the industry. You've been working in coaching, but also preparing to uh, help companies in the SaaS and technology industry. What about geography, languages, and size of the companies that you close? Is there any sweet spot that you recommend? Uh, well, I mean, uh, you know, to be honest, so far, uh, we've been working uh, mostly with, uh, you know, with the English market, uh, 
whether it is, you know, in Europe, UK or US, you know, like uh, the most part is actually US uh, because that is, uh, you know, the most uh, uh, chunk of the ticket offers, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's actually, you know, a very brief overview for geography and language. Uh, as far as the, the company sites, uh, um, again, like, uh, just to be clear, uh, are you asking me the company sites that we work with or the company sites of the the, the you know the, that you the close prospects. that you close for your customers the prospects of your clients okay okay nice um well i mean in this case uh, you know that that really depends on the offer right? so like when uh, you when you talk about coaching uh, you have different sides of deals correct so like say that you are uh, between zero and 10k then that offer is going to be for small businesses uh, all right if the offer is, uh, let's say, between 10 and 20K, which is, uh, you know, uh, you know, it happens over and over again, uh, that is going to be for more established businesses. Uh, and eventually, you know, with B2B, uh, then, of course, you know, it's like, you know, more established companies, right? Um, but, yeah, I would say for the company sites, uh, you know, we go, for now, we go, like, from, uh, you know, a few employees uh, all the way to, you know, 30, 40 employees, um, no more than that for now. But of course, you know, we can uh, we can apply the framework very easily um, and very doubly even to other uh, niches. Now, you mentioned the framework, which is a, a key element of your service offering, Marco. Um, there is no point talking about maybe the, the target lead list because you don't generate those, right? It's your customer. You did mention already qualification and disqualification of leads, but you join after the lead uh, initial lead list is created. And you do have uh, a role in the follow-up game. Maybe you arrive at the first meeting, but if the prospect goes cold. So maybe can you tell me a little bit about um, the follow-up motions that you can activate for your buyers? What channels do you use? How intensive? How many touches do you typically include? Yeah, that makes sense. So like, uh, I, I suppose that you're actually uh, referring to the follow-up after the sales call, correct? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, in that case, uh, so first and foremost, uh, uh, the goal is always to avoid uh, the follow-up game. You know, and the reason why I say that is uh, to actually qualify and disqualify the prospects so hard uh, that we avoid uh, any tire kickers or time wasters uh, in the sales process. You know, that's why that's actually why it's so important to be disqualified the prospect. I will make an example. Say that we jump on a call with a prospect, uh, our framework... Uh, Foresees uh, that on the sales call, uh, as the very first part of the call, uh, first we establish uh, you know a very clear outcome, uh, then we actually go into the urgency that they have. Uh, we repeat on the urgency, and then eventually we qualify for the investment. Uh, so so many people out there, uh, they you know still uh, to this day they keep the investment for the end of the sales call, uh, which is totally wrong, you know, because at the end of the day. Yeah, of course. I mean, if the if the prospect is bought into it uh, and gets the money, that is all good. Uh, but right now, it's never, uh, it's not good anymore because it's like the mm -hmm. old sales tactic. Uh, it doesn't work anymore on prospects. So prospects like transparency and honesty these days, uh, and that's how we do it, right? Uh, that's actually why at the beginning of the sales call, uh, we just you know we just be honest with them. I mean, listen, you know, John, you know, like uh, listen. Uh, um, do you think that you will be able to move forward with an investment, uh, you know, of a 3K plus 5K a month management fee? 
if you feel you know if you feel like a disease line uh, what you're looking for uh, and it could actually you know solve uh, all your uh, challenges and help you reach your goals and if they say yes then we you know we actually dive deeper into it if they say no we do understand what it does what it, what it is about okay so john okay i understand uh, you know things can get in the way but listen like uh, you know, is this uh, down to money? Is this down to timing or is there something else? And you dive deeper and deeper until you find a solution. And eventually you agree right there and then on a follow-up call, you know, because the last thing that you want, you want to do is chasing a prospect that is not qualified, you know, because yeah. you're just wasting your, uh, your freaking time. That is not what we're going to do. You know, we're going to, you know, to qualify people very hard to make sure uh, that we sell with integrity, all right? And then we sell with people, uh, to people, to clients, uh, to potential clients uh, that are going really to, you know, to implement uh, or to be collaborative, uh, you know, autonomous, you know, um, supportive uh, uh, in the process, you know, because whether you're an agency or a coach uh, or a B2B service, it doesn't really matter. Uh, you need to work with supportive people who understand your value, who really do want, uh, you know, to work with you, not really, you know, just, someone that can actually give you money you know that's that's really important right you reminded me of a of a sentence i heard a while back that said that maybes are the most hurtful answers you can get in uh, in sales and that the best answer is yes and the second best answer is no uh, a long maybe is going to have you chasing the wrong uh, the wrong cats and maybe just wasting money and time there uh, so i really appreciate and and agree with your comment um you mentioned okay so for the engagement there's you can use email you can use phone but ultimately the the value of your services in having the conversation continue to qualify disqualify one clarity note for the audience when you mention sales call i want to clarify that the first meeting that a potential prospect has with your company where they say, hey, I'm open to learning more about your product. I want to meet with someone in sales. We typically call that a discover meeting. Now, some companies have another meeting after that where you pike for initial interest and needs and whatnot. There's a, a follow-up meeting that is either considered what you were referring to as a sales call. Some other companies call it a demo call, specifically in software. If you first have a discovery to learn what they need, and then you do a demo to show them how that solution could be applied to their environment. That second call where, where we are saying or referring to the demo call is what you um, or mentioning earlier as a sales call. Perfect. All the way. And the next step would be as many sales calls required to then close the deal. Now, one last piece of information around uh, this uh, work of closing deals or a success story that you can share. Tell me about the reporting capabilities. What should one of your customers expect when it comes to reporting? Do you get a dashboard? What type of information do you report and how do you report that information? Help me clarify that, please. Yeah, no, totally makes sense. So like we do report uh, uh, on a weekly basis, uh, but of course, you know, we integrate into the workflow of the, of the client, whether it is Slack, uh, or HubSpot or any other kind of CRM to share updates every day. Another thing that we do is actually jumping on a weekly sync call. So like every week with the, you know, with the client to, you know, to talk about any challenges that we might be facing and the solutions that we, you know, that we want to implement. All right. Um, as far as reporting, uh, 
so you know so far you know it really depends with the with the client uh, but let's say for uh, well, you know for simple uh, um solutions or really simple uh, um offers we you know we do uh, spreadsheets you know like so we keep you know we keep everything uh, in spreadsheets you know that's actually uh, very manageable for uh, you know bigger more complex solutions we do use crms so we do use uh, you know our own crm um and yeah i mean we we share everything in there and we still share the stuff needed uh, into the um you know into the com communication tool uh, of the client okay let me confirm something there marco so there's multiple ways you can connect um because there's going to be two handoff points right the the first one is going to be from your buyers to you when they give you the leads and, and the people that are ready for the meeting and then for the ones that close there's a second handoff where you give it back now as a deal closed you were saying you can work on the buyer systems or you can work on your own CRM or um, help me understand that it wasn't fully clear if, if you do have your own tech stack and it's proprietary or do you always adapt to your buyer needs and work on their systems? No, no, that makes sense. So like we do have our own, uh, you know, CRM or spreadsheet that we use, like very, you know, manageable and very straightforward. Um, that really depends on the offer that we, uh, that we, that we're on. If you're on like on a, on a complex offer, we have tons of sales calls and discovery calls. Then, of course, we're going to use uh, a more robust solution. Uh, if okay. it's something uh, that still needs to be ramped up, uh, we're going to use something you know more basic like a spreadsheet. Um, as far as talking about the client, uh, we do implement uh, in the workflow in the sense that uh, you know we do implement into the Slack channel uh, or into the you know into whatever communication tool they're using really. Um, you know, to share uh, updates, uh, you know, pretty much every day. Okay, perfect. So there's a, there's a process to communicate. There's also a, an option to meet with and have that communication open to maybe discuss a pipeline, the velocity, any deals in specific. Perfect. Um, my last question, I guess, is going to be, what would be some tips you can give for anyone listening to this episode right now in looking or considering to hire Reven renegade closers and they just want an advice that's going to increase the probability for them to achieve the results they want with you marco with your team what advice would you give them no yeah no for sure i mean I, i'm very i'm very open to give uh, all the advice to understand but do you think that maybe we should actually share a little bit more about the case studies and numbers because i Maybe I, I don't I don't know if we actually covered that uh, a bit. We can definitely talk a little bit about some numbers. If you can show me um, an example of numbers that your buyers were, how many, I don't know, meetings or how much revenue were they closing on a monthly basis before working with you and after working with you, and then some tips to get those results that, that you're about to mention. Okay, okay, nice. Um, so, yeah, I mean, as far as the results, you know, we have uh, closers... Uh, uh, closing for uh, multiple, uh, you know, industries, in this case, coaching. Uh, um, we actually have, uh, you know, one of our closers, Daniel Matalana, uh, who has closed uh, for Dan Locke as well, uh, and he's been awarded from uh, Dan Locke to close uh, deals between uh, 2 and 35K, um, and he generated uh, more than 800K in revenue. In a, in a little less than a year, you know? So that's, that was actually an example. Uh, then we have, um, 
uh, with another, uh, I think it was Norbert Farkas, who closed uh, for a sporting franchise coaching company. Uh, he generated in the first five weeks uh, 230k, sorry, 213k in revenue closed, uh, where the average ticket size was between three and five and seven k, and he, in total, uh, in the course of you know like uh, um, six months, uh, six to twelve months, he generated between one point three and one point five million. So it was around like one point four million in generated revenue. Um, and another example, then I will actually uh, stop there. Let me see uh, here. Uh, yeah, it was actually Amazon FBA coaching, uh, which again is still like uh, uh, very uh, common nowadays uh, mm-hmm. for an eight-figure business. Is uh, eight-figure business uh, disclosure of hours? Then, of course, we have all the others. But disclosure of hours, Daniel Matalana, um, when he was placed on the offer, uh, he pretty much became the top rep uh, from. Uh, the last, you know, because it was actually being placed uh, um, in 83 days uh, and eventually mm-hmm. ended up generating, uh, you know, 900k in revenue on a uh, 5k ticket sites, uh, maintaining a consistent closing rate of 25%. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, if that seems, uh, you know, if that might seem low to some people uh, listening, uh, um, I actually made uh, some counts. It turns out that, you know, the average closing rate. Uh, you know, in the industry overall, uh, in sales is about 10 to 15 percent. Uh, the closing yeah. rate, uh, you know, on average uh, for all these closures is about 41 percent. So, um, so that's one really question, like Marco, that we've done. One question, for sorry sure. to interrupt you. That is a closing rate from a discovery meeting to deal close. That is a that is a closing rate for uh, uh, for a sales call because the closing rate for uh, from a discovery to a sales call. Uh, that is not, uh, uh, you know, is not truthful or is not really uh, taking into account the reliability of the closer because most of the time these closers are being placed uh, on sales calls. You know, like the, the setter takes the discovery call. It's not like uh, uh, for SDR agencies that once this, they book meetings, uh, the client jumps on them. Uh, in most of the time for the ticket industry, um, you know, the closer jumps on the sales call. So it's really, I would say, it's not really appropriate to judge uh, an ability of a closer from uh, the whole process because, again, you don't know the quality of prospects coming in. You know, you don't know. There are lots of variables involved. There is, like, the show-up rate on the discovery call. There is the qualification rate from the discovery to the sales call. And then there is even the show-up rate on the sales call. So that, it doesn't really make sense uh, to take this into account. So the closing rate is the purest version. Uh, the purest is actually the closing rate on the sales call. With should uh, that last meeting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. last step uh, again for the audience sales call meaning uh, the equivalent of a demo call so that 25% is demo call to a deal closed so again to recap some numbers you mentioned opportunities ranging in the 800k in a year 1.5 million dollars in a year on deals between 5 to 7 thousand dollars or uh, the first one was around 25 thousand dollars that you mentioned every deal mm, and the last opportunity also closing around 100k uh, in a short time frame, which is pretty amazing, 25% conversion from demo to close deal. If you are not averaging 
that type of conversion rate, then you should definitely consider Renegade Closers. My friend, Marco, how about we wrap up with a couple of uh, advices to achieve results with you fast? No, yeah, for sure. So like, uh, first and foremost, you know, um, we are very, uh, we qualify people very hard on a culture fit. Uh, we found out uh, a formula uh, to attract the top closers in the industry, which is really all about attracting people uh, with values, uh, with integrity, um, that have, uh, you know, strong work ethic, uh, they are resourceful, uh, they are honest, uh, and all this stuff. Uh, and, you know, we do want that, uh, we do want to see that even in the clients that we're going to work with. So the first thing is really being, uh, uh, you know, a transparent person, uh, honest, uh, autonomous, uh, you know, like uh, treating the closers as professionals, because it might seem weird, uh, but like closers are uh, being treated uh, poorly and like being abused, uh, from the offer owners, especially on Facebook, which is like a very different industry from LinkedIn. Uh, so that's one. And the second one uh, is being able, uh, um, actually, the, yeah, the second one is being able to fulfill, is being able to deliver results uh, to the clients that we're going to close uh, because success rate is very important uh, because our closers are not going just to close stuff uh, just because they want to make money. Yes, of course, everyone wants to make money, but eventually they want to feel good about themselves uh, that they close someone uh, or an offer uh, that delivers results. You know, again, like this might be, might seem, you know, might be common in, on LinkedIn uh, where the bar uh, is higher, but it's not on Facebook. Uh, so this is a key component, uh, uh, like a key, uh, a key thing, like success rate. And what is your success rate uh, of the clients that, w that you work with so far? You know, that's really important. And the third thing uh, is the ability to scale. You know, now for most that, you know, that is going to be different for most companies. Say that we place a closer uh, on a 50K offer, uh, then maybe there is not so much needed to scale uh, because the, you know, the commission structure, uh, you know, the, the earnings uh, potential and all that stuff is going to be right there, uh, even with a low number of calls. But if you have like a five to 10K offer, uh, then in that case, you must have the ability to scale whatever that looks like, you know, like most agencies, uh, are going to be in uh, in trouble uh, if they want to scale because they do all uh, uh, done for you. All right, so that's going to be problematic. And that's why with uh, most of my clients, uh, when we actually start working together, uh, we always do consider the opportunity to turn uh, their uh, done for you solution uh, into a done with you solution. So like uh, actually coaching the prospects and their clients uh, um, into you know like doing whatever he, whatever he needs. And to wrap up on this one, uh, uh, gotta be honest, this is like a game changer. Could actually be like a game changer for most companies out there, especially given the climate, the economic climate that we're going to get into. Because uh, when it comes to recession, uh, people want to do uh, more of the stuff, uh, pay less, uh, be more involved. Uh, and this means that you're going to have happier clients in the long term uh, because they're going to get more results naturally because they are more involved into the process. They have more skill in the game uh, in done with you compared to done for you, all right? So that's going to be a, a game changer uh, for most companies I've seen. Uh, like all the companies that I've seen in the industry, they have scaled very quickly because they adopted uh, a done with you model because it's very scalable. Once in the done for you, you have to deliver all of it. Uh, in the done with you, you can just place advisors uh, to take on uh, 
a subset of clients, whether it is like three, five, seven, or even 10 clients, depending on your model, and you can scale things very quickly. Yeah, and that was actually my last, uh, my last tip for, uh, for these companies out there. Okay, I like that, Marco. Uh, the first one, know your numbers. If you know your conversion rates, your success rate, and you know it's low and you know that you need to improve it, that should be an indicator that, hey, you need some help. And that leads to the second one you mentioned, which was also be transparent. Be honest about your gaps so that we can come in and really alleviate the pain where it really aches and not overlap with, with what you have or may not have, right? Uh, and the last one, don't expect a done-for-you solution. Be in the lookout for a more done-with-you solution because if you're not invested in the solution, in sales, you hardly get something that works uh, in the fashion of throwing money at the issue and, and having it fixed uh, by itself miraculously. You really have to be invested to understand what was the impact, what was done, why, uh, what was the root cause for the issue. And I guess that's the last uh, piece of advice, if I interpret it correctly, done with you will allow you to be invested, learn what's working, what's not, get the external help, but even learn from learn from the external provider and be able to take those best practices in and deploy them in their internal team and scale the company way more than if you just try to bring a provider, delegate everything and forget, correct? Yeah, exactly. Like, just to be clear, uh, we are a done for you closing agency. So like we are a done for you, but most of uh, the clients that we've been working with, uh, they've seen success and they've seen like uh, the ability of scaling, uh, improving and increasing uh, once they turn uh, their model, like the done for you model uh, into a done with you model. You know, because on our, on our if on, uh, you know, from us, it's like placing closers uh, and training them. Um, and, you know, it says, so uh, there is really no opportunity for a domicile solution. You still have to place closer and setters, uh, whatever that looks like. But like for uh, some companies out there, um, there is the potential. Of course, as companies, uh, you know, they still do like uh, some kind of a, uh, don't wish you model be, because the, the client is actually using the, the solution. Uh, but for some uh, service, so some companies out there, uh, it's really like a done for you service. Uh, and it's like, yeah, I mean, it's done for you. We do it all for you. And it costs you like 35K. Now, things are going to be widely different. Uh, and I just had a prospect, like, you know, the other day with this issue. Things are going to be widely different if you sell a solution, which is like a 15K. But instead of uh, being able to, you know, to deliver like uh, free clients, like to fulfill on free clients every month. Uh, now you fulfill like on nine clients every month, uh, and you even have uh, you even unlock the ability to scale. You know, so there is something that works very well for coaching, uh, but of course works very well for agencies that want to turn into a don't wish you model, uh, and even for uh, some B two B companies out there as well, depending on what they're selling, of course. All right, awesome. Specifically, if they're below that threshold of 25% conversion rate from demo or sales call, as you mentioned it, uh, into a deal one, then you should definitely look at Renegade Closers. Team, there you have it. You can find Renegade Closers in the Cloudtos Marketplace. Marco, thank you so much for your time. I'll see you on the next one, buddy. Awesome, awesome. Thanks, uh, thanks to you too, Eddie. And, uh, and yeah, have a great one.